0: Is it you? Oh, I'm sure it is. Well I me, mean, I'm sure I do my fair amount of sniffing too. What are you doing right now? I'm trying to make sure I don't you look sniff. Like a deranged Easter bunny. <laughs> Hi everybody and welcome to our podcast. I'm Jody Powell.
1: And I'm Jeremy Powell and uh, welcome to the Unremarkable Podcast. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. We are um, in episode 9, I guess now. I, I said we were in episode 9 last time. I was wrong. It this was is really the eight. ninth
0: published one. How yeah. about that?
1: that? We're seeking to We recorded agree. one we didn't like. Yeah. And so we were It just was like, junk. So. Um, well, I don't know I would say it's junk. But anyway, it wasn't that great. We took a week off. And, um, and uh, you got to spend some time with some middle schoolers up in New York City. Hey, that was fabulous. And, uh, and I had an opportunity. I'll tell you a little bit more about this uh, at the end of our talk today. But um, I got to spend some time over in the Great Smoky Mountains um, with Abigail. Something very familiar to you. The Great Smoky Mountains?
0: Yeah, you've tr- traveled there quite a few times.
1: Uh yeah. Back in college we used to go and camp out over mm-hmm. fall break mm-hmm. and, and spend some time there and so I got to share some stories with Abby and and, uh, and experience some stuff with her. Reminisce. Um and she is like the bravest little kid ever. Um she did like she, she just would like just go jump in rivers and go climb up mountains and and didn't that's fantastic. There were times where I had to be like, hey, listen, I, I told her one time we, there was this river and there was this rock, you know, where the water kind of goes under the rock. Mm-hmm. And I said, Abs, I'm going to veto you trying to get to that rock. Um, and she's like, why? I was like, well, because I don't want you to die. <laughs> um <laughs> Because if you fall in there, the water might suck you under that rock, yes, and we may not get you out. Go.
0: Thank you for being protected and so I, said, I was that like, regard. I was like,
1: I just, need you, I just need you to trust me on this one. And uh, she was great. She's like, yeah, okay, no problem.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. So we got to walk down memory lane, and I got to see something I'd never seen before.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, and I was a little envious that I, you know, New York. But I didn't really necessarily wasn't envious about having to spend that time with middle schoolers.
0: They were great. They yeah. were well-behaved. and. <laughs> We went, 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 and they just crashed at the end of the day. Yeah, so. which,
1: is, which is what you want to do. You, yes. you want to break them so that when well, they come back to the hotel, I they can't get into mischief. I definitely they
0: were broken. Yeah. Guy, I didn't hear a peep out of them.
1: So. so today we get to talk about a topic that I think is maybe one of the uh, biggest issues facing, um, I, I would say, Americans. But I think it bleeds over, especially in the church. Um, is something that really affects us and we want to talk a little bit about comparison and mm-hmm. as pastors and and as and just as human beings um, what kind of what kind of feeds those comparisons uh, I was just jotting down Joe before we got started like the areas that we compare ourselves to other people right. in are just there's so many of them.
0: Yes. It's extensive, and it can be an umbrella of a topic with several different things underneath it, and there are several different umbrellas.
1: Yeah. So, like, we compare our families to other families. Right.
0: And under that, you would compare size. You compare the home in which you raise that family. You compare yeah. the activities. You compare yeah. um,
1: how you parent. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, like— whether or not you you know you feed your child certain things or don't feed your child certain right. things, whether or not you have kale in your pantry or right. or you actually have good food, uh, you know, like uh, you know, do I live in the right neighborhood or or, right. or you know, and I'm I'm constantly kind of in that and kind my of. can kid learned to ride
0: her bike soon enough.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, where are they developmentally? Are they smart enough? Are they keeping up with AR points and all that? And there's all yes. this kind of comparison. Why do you think as before I go any farther? Why do you think as as parents, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but. Why is there such a need to compare?
0: I think um, in the parenting scheme, um, you know, you don't want to be, well, the honest truth for me is I don't want my kid to be released out into the wild on her own and be lost. (laughs) The wild. Yes. And so like when they step foot out of my house on their own independently, I want them to know. And so uh, when I catch somebody has already taught their kid some other life skill and I'd Miss the boat on it. I'm oh, like, right. oh, yeah. crap. I forgot. I haven't yeah. taught them how to do that yet. Like manners at the table or, um, you know, how to wait your turn when speaking and things like that. Like those are just uh-huh. life skills that uh-huh. we're, we're con- and you notice the kids who are ahead of yours.
1: That's right. Yeah. And, and, and. So, like, you can also compare one of the ways that I got caught comparison, um, just like last week or two weeks ago, we had a conversation when it ca- came to, like, careers. hmm <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. Um, with careers, jobs, where you are in your career. And um, and so, like, John Eldredge wrote a little book. Uh, called the Way of the Wild Heart, in which he talks about kind of some here's here's how you are at certain ages and kind of where you should be. And by the time you hit our age, like you should be settled in a career and you should kind of be, you know, near the top of of, of your field. That's kind of where you are. And um, and there are times where you hear those sorts of things and you see other people that are your mm-hmm. age. That are that are making huge strides in their career path or whatever, and and there's this there's this feeling in me of like oh my goodness I've I've wasted it or oh my goodness I'm not good enough or I'm not measuring up. I see right. that kind of happening um, in me.
0: I listened to an amazing podcast though with Elizabeth Hasselback Hasselbag this week, and um, she's one of those kind of leaders in our our generation of. Um, uh, I guess Christian speakers and, um, and, and the, in the secular world. And she talked about, um, how many times she's been fired and starting over. Oh and and I thought I needed to hear that. Cause she said, you know, it's just a time to, you know, to take a new chapter and to start something new and to, um, you know, it's take it as an opportunity for you to get a fresh start. And, um, and so when I thought about comparing career and, and where you're supposed to be and she's around our age and, I thought about.
1: She's older than us.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) She's she's uh June July. She's four months older than me.
0: Oh well, there you go.
1: (laughs) And I said she's around our age. Gosh, no! I'm just so happy to finally find somebody and be like, (laughs) oh, they're older than me. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, She just has
0: such a great spirit about it. Every door closing is just another door open. What
1: about what about like. Body image and comparing your body—like, do we see that happening a lot as well? Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a guy in our church. He's a friend of mine, BJ Marshall, and BJ like works out and is like is ripped. And I got to be honest with you, if 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 I had a body like BJ Marshall, I would never wear a shirt. Like that was just that's just like I would just walk around without one all the time. And I look at it and I go, gosh. And and you know, it's it's not like I'm not going to the gym. I mean, I went four times. Uh, which makes like the first, the first That's four times, right there. the first four times in like
0: about four years, five years. No, we didn't have been to the, you haven't been to the gym since we have lived here.
1: Uh, I haven't been to the. I didn't go to the gym any time in Hayden. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: That's true. You didn't. I
1: have not been to the gym in decades, <laughs> like decades. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet, nonetheless, we kind of always look to people that are just a little bit farther, and we do it in all aspects of our life, yes. from parenting to to where we live. And and I think it's important that we we say like, hey, this is this is a part of human nature. This is kind of part of how we're designed.
0: What? Well, yeah, I think we just we check other people to make sure we're developing as we should, and we're you know, I think it, I think it's been going back to even the first. Communities and first societies is hey check that guy out over there he's planting plants and they're going they're thriving and surviving yeah. Yeah. maybe we should try
1: that yeah. so S- psychology even has a theory based around it so social comparison theory mm-hmm. and and you're the resident you know head counselor person I don't know about like that, like uh, like what does that say?
0: Um well, you know, there's just performance cues that we're constantly looking for and whether or not we're doing something that's good enough. Um, it measures up to um, what is expected in society. So yeah. that's your social comparison of um, a male of this age should be um, um, producing this kind of monetary you know, gains and should have a family this size and... Um, you know, and then we have that Was same with females as well. And so there's a lot. But then you have a lot of, you have a shift in social comparison and a shift in it based on generation. Like now we see a lot of people um, making, sort of, for instance, our generation, a lot of people got married in their 20s. But now the generation behind us, they're waiting until the late 30s to get married. So it's acceptable to be career focused. And But sure. your, comparison, your comparison there is... Am I climbing the ladder as fast as so and
1: so, sure. and
0: can I outwit them and get so, them advanced? Yeah.
1: So maybe, maybe what we see, different genders and different people in society compare in different generations. What we see as as primary importance that may change. Yes. It may be a family in one generation. It may be. Um, a career in another generation. And, and we may even see like, aspects of all of it in different mm-hmm. parts of society. Sure. Um, you, know, where, you know, kind of maybe even where you live. Like if we were to go to maybe an urban area, we might see right. the more um, career focused individuals. Whereas maybe if we were to go to a more rural area, you might see, um, you know, a, a lot Priorities more. are different. Yeah. Um,
0: but even within, you know, what's the norm? So I guess is what you see them comparing to as well. Like you know, I just left uh, a very urban area with this past week. Where if I were to compare a family there to our family, it wouldn't match at all. Like yeah. our, their priorities and how they spend their time and and how um, they structure their day and um, what um, what is. Uh, acceptable and what is yeah. desirable, you know yeah. um, I met, you know we made friends with a, a person in New York who is a family a family of four in a one bedroom apartment. Yeah, and you know here if I were to compare that, that would be people would think that we are struggling, mm-hmm.
1: you know mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, it's all about um, perspective, but, yeah, yeah, social comparison is is you looking at someone on the same page of life that you think you should be at. Right, and where they are in terms of achievement, and you should feel like you should be.
1: And so, it, it, it can be. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like comparison can be something yeah. that that can be positive, right? I mean, this is like positive peer pressure. I see everybody else. Giving up smoking, so I'm going to give up smoking, right? Or I right. see everybody else being right. healthier in the way they eat, and so I'm, I'm going to be to, healthier right. in the way that we eat. In fact, one of the things that we see in comparison is that you tend to become like the people that you hang out with. Sure, um, um, we know that to be to be kind of proven, and so
0: sure, there's healthy, advantageous um, measures like. Um, Having someone um, who is better at organization than you are, and mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, I'd like to. How do you keep this? Right. Um, right. How do you keep your day structured where you don't yeah. get, have chaos?" And yeah, um, and and there, there's that's a healthy comparison. But when you have someone who has a, maybe a nicer car that you can't afford, and your sure. comparison
1: is there. And. Sure. Well, that's that's the negative side of it. I mean, mm. I think there can be a positive side. The negative side is, is, in my opinion, I think it's best described by the way Andy Stanley describes it, in that it's an appetite. Right. And the thing about appetites is they're never fully and finally uh, satisfied. Like, there's always somebody that's a little bit... Farther right. along, up up the ladder has a little bit more power, has a little bit more money, has a little bit more um, toys. Uh, their kids are just a little bit smarter, you know. What, <laughs> whatever it is, like there's always someone else to compare to, right. um, and and social media it has and the internet just kind of egged that on,
0: right? They've magnified it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So um, I, I love this. I love this quote uh, that I found. Um, uh, I should find it again real quick. Um, essentially, it was a, a, a woman that was speaking, and she basically, her name was Esther, um, which I thought is just the coolest name ever. Uh, but what Esther says, Esther Dyson, she says the internet isn't the problem. Um, the internet just accentuates what you would do anyway. Um, comparison is natural about who we are. What the internet does, she said, it's like alcohol, it, it, it causes you to do things that you would normally do, just do it on a bigger scale. And um, and that's kind of what the internet does. Because before, if uh, like let's just let's talk about uh, let's talk about your mom. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Gail. If Gail wanted to know what other moms of daughters in her community were doing, like she'd have to go to somewhere. Like, right. She'd have to go to church or or call. She'd have to call her. Like know the neighbors or whatever it was. Right. Like you know, it's the woman that that lives in a cul de sac with four other women at the same stage of life. Like she knows what they're doing. Right. Well, now, like because of of the internet, because of social media, like. I can see what a mom in Seattle is doing, right? Or a mom in in Paris is doing, and man, that just it just expands what I would normally do.
0: It puts new options there that you may not even need.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I think
0: that if you pull my mom up as an example, it's probably one of the healthiest mothering techniques because my mom had no desire to compare socially because my mom was an older mom like if, of, of my generation of people that I grew up with my mom had me at 36 so she wasn't besties with all the other moms her her friends were um parents of people older so she didn't fall into that um trap and we lived on a farm, so there was no neighbor to compare with either, yeah, and I don't same. remember my mom ever calling another mom asking, "Are you letting your kid go to the homecoming dance?" or right. like she just made that decision. So, um, so she did it in a healthy format, which I I have not on into that same I, I call people and I text or <laughs> yeah
1: yeah or you Marco Polo all of your yes, gaggle who right. are all listening now um <laughs> l- let me ask you this question this is the question that I'm, I'm dying to know about you and and maybe we can help each other out okay because I think being honest here is going to be hard especially for me like what is the area in your life that you think You struggle the most with in comparison, in in comparing your life to other people? Image. What do you mean by that? As a female. I I still don't know what you mean by that. (laughs) I'm a Um, dude, like, you have to spell it out for me. uh,
0: Size.
1: Like body um, size.
0: Body size, body structure, um, how I keep my hair and makeup, um, what I have on in terms of. Um, presentation, so yeah, that's probably my hardest. So, thing.
1: like, where, like, how do you compare with people that you work with, or you compare to people in the community, or um, you,
0: yes, yes, and yes, and probably Instagram things I follow. So, yeah, I follow a couple fashion designers, and yeah, that's not good. I probably like, should stop following them.
1: Yeah, uh, well, what do you think? What do you think Joanna Gaines has done for people? In comparison,
0: well, she partnered with Matilda Jane, so I mean, <laughs> she said, "Why not let There's, people dress like me and, and have a line?" We named love
1: a and we love uh, Joanna Gaines. No. It's not not about. I wish I had her hair. It.
0: See, there it there is. There it is. Right there it
1: is. Their comparison, right there. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about this question for me, Joe, and I don't know. I compare myself with people in a lot of areas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like this is you just said, BJ. This is, but this is probably like. A huge vice of mine, and I, I would have to say, maybe, professionally or career-wise, would probably be one of my biggest. What do you do? You, am I am I on base with that? What do you yes, think? Yes, absolutely. You get to hear me talk about it a mm-hmm. lot. Yes. Um, let let's dive into that for just a minute okay. because, um, as a pastor and a pastor's wife, um, obviously we're we're called by God to minister. Do you think in Christian leadership circles, and I know you follow authors and bloggers and speakers Mm -hmm. that are women as well as men, like, do you think there's a there's a, a, a comparison that kind of occurs there or, or even a, a competition on some levels that occurs?
0: Well, sure. I don't know how, you know, we don't know the inner dialogue that's going on because, uh, again, Instagram, Facebook is everybody's best post, best image. Yeah, best yeah, yeah. It's board. their
1: billboard, the, not you their know, board meeting. We don't yeah. know
0: what they're having. But, you know, I can't imagine that, um, you know, uh, Craig or Shell doesn't take note of who has released a book lately and what what it was about, and so that he needs to probably get something published in the next year or two to keep up with that, so that yeah. he can be um, still in the in the circle of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, or and the same with like Any F. Downs, that is her job is, you know, that's her, but that's her means of income too, is right. the more I publish, the more people are going to ask me to come speak yeah. and the more I'm going yeah. to be able to have influence. So, yeah. um, uh-oh, else's so else is, and, and I've heard them talk about this. I've heard um, different podcasters talk about this and how... They, you know, um, like Jamie Ivey's always great about, hey, join the party, come write. I think there's room for everybody. If you have something to write, a story to say, do it. Um, But at the same time, there's probably that awareness of if somebody else is churning out material they're going to get more invitations to speak and they're going to get more invitations to have influence and I've got to stay on top of my game. So if nothing else, it's challenging them to continue their um, career and to sharpen their skill. Um, so um, I can't imagine they're not constantly aware of that.
1: Yeah. I, I think there's a, I want to, I mean, I think for pastors, there's a micro scale that it happens on. And I think there's a macro scale. Like, mm-hmm. So Craig Groeschel, for instance, um, and, and folks like Groeschel and Stanley and, and Furtick and all these guys that, you know, Chandler that, that pastor these mega megachurches, um, there's a, an article that's published every year about the 100 biggest churches, you know, in the country. And I remember several years ago, Craig Rochelle of life.church or I think it's called life.church now says mm-hmm. says uh said like you know we're going to stop reporting numbers because we just you know there were other re- there were a lot of reasons that went into it you know but I, I remember hearing Andy Stanley for instance talk about every year getting that you know that edition of Christianity today and wanting to see you know where they were in that and 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 again I I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing I just know that's kind of there on that macro scale on, on the micro scale like I think about here in 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 Union City or even when we were in Alabama, and <clears throat> like the there's a danger inside of us as pastors to, to kind of want to know how many the other church down the street had. Mm-hmm. So like you get you get together a group of mm-hmm. pastors, and 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 two things happen almost simultaneously. Um, if you don't know how big the other person's church is, uh, you, maybe you're just meeting them. You'll say, hey, tell me you ch- tell me about your church and how how many you're running. Mm-hmm. Those, that's those are the questions that kind of go and the second thing that kind of happens is immediately there becomes this um, pecking order
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and I don't think it's intentional but I think you there are pastors you who know, go that pastor has a big church that pastor gets put up here in a position of prominence mm-hmm. this this pastor has the smallest church of the room you know they've got 20 or 30 people that shown up and so it, it's probably clear that that he doesn't have as much wisdom to offer. And I think that's garbage. Right. Um, it's a garbage way of thinking, but every pastor naturally falls into that. Sure. Um, but the pastor that has 20 people in his congregation and the pastor that has 20,000 people in their congregation are, are both, hopefully, called by God, um, led by his Spirit. Um, and, uh, and, and God has placed that man where he's placed him, Purposefully. Purposefully and for a reason. But yes. But as, as pastors, there's this natural kind of, right? And, and I even saw it in seminary. Oh, yeah. Um, well,
0: because everybody is aspiring to land the mega church. Yeah,
1: and, and so you see it in seminary. It's, it's hey, I've I've read all of these books, or I mm-hmm. haven't read these books, or I'm serving at mm-hmm. this church, or, hey, I know this guy, and I've networked here, and I've networked there. Mm-hmm. And, and there's there's immediately kind of a, uh, okay, I'm going to establish a pecking order. And, and in some cases, you even see, like, Pastors that have prominence or pastors that have power, pastors that are bigger, gravitating to people that can help them just further their career, hmm. rather than just advancing in, in the kingdom of God,
0: or in and, actually and investing. It's, in It's the one of those things
1: that I've struggled with hmm. um, as a pastor, and, and I wonder, um, as a pastor's family, if you've if 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 you've seen it. I, I I don't know that I have as much, but I'd be interested to hear from your perspective, like. The comparison that occurs to other pastors' families. You know, the, you know, (laughs) do we have enough kids? Do we, you know, send them to the right schools or do we let them watch the right things or can we let them read Harry Potter or whatever? Like, do you see those comparisons? I do. You know, we have. Big thing of schooling and schooling choice is a big
0: thing whether or not um, I'm a stay at home mom. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of pastors' wives choose to be a stay at home um, mom, and, and that's awesome. Uh, it is, it's fantastic. Um, you know, but I do sometimes feel judged because I'm not. Mm. Um, so, um, and I, I don't think anybody's ever said anything, you just feel it, yeah, just, and maybe um, and that's unfair, yeah, um, because they may not care. But I'm assuming that yeah. that because I don't. Yeah. Um, so the the whether or not I I'm able to do that, um, and then there's the idea of if if we choose to put our kids in homeschool, or obviously we can't if I'm working, but um, if we put them in public school or in private school, uh-huh. um, you know, and, and obviously we don't have that option really here in terms of public versus private. Um, but we have had in, in other sectors of our life, and, and even in, in Texas, we were, you know, I taught at a private school that was not affiliated with a religion, and I think people were concerned that we were going to put our kid there and whether or not that was going mm. to align with our faith, yeah. um, and, and I was completely okay with our kids going there, and it, you know, I feel like it's our job as parents to teach them their faith, of it's course, not the school's yeah. responsibility. Yeah. Um, if, if they perhaps learn it in school, that's fantastic. That is again not to say that putting your kids in a private school with a Christian <laughs> education. Gosh, we got to be careful. But I'm we just get the saying, hate email. send all of your hate
1: email to uh, you know Jody. That's at right, Jody. Whatever, yeah. yeah jcap j- um, uh, it's
0: You know, I I think it's just it's no different though than expecting Sunday school to teach your kids about Jesus.
1: Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think one of the things that we we push really hard at Crosswind and so many other churches do as well, is that the primary discipler of your kids is mom and dad. Um, and and the more adults we can have around them that are speaking that truth into their life, you know, yes. whether that's at private school, a private Christian school or a home school or, or whether that's at, at a public school, mm-hmm. um, there are good godly people that teach at public right. schools as well. Right. The more people that we have around them that are, that are saying the same thing we're saying, the better. Right. Um but but you feel that sense of of comparison sometimes maybe maybe mm-hmm. it's something that we put on ourselves but or maybe it's something that's really there because the reason I think we may put it on ourselves is I don't I, I don't think about I, I don't well, I don't think about comparing our family to other pastors' families.
0: I don't. I have a lot of pastor wives that I I call friend and um I don't feel from them judged yeah, or pressured. Yeah. I don't feel like they're looking at us and how we parent any different. Um, but I still think I think that I feel like the congregation is comparing. Yeah. This pastor's family does their family uh-huh. this way, whereas they're uh-huh. doing theirs this way. Which uh-huh. one's doing it better and which kid uh-huh. is going to turn out less like a PK? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Now you said body image and presentation and... You mm-hmm. use another word. Uh, presentation may be the word that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. It is is your biggest area of comparison? Tell me how that how you deal with that specifically as a pastor's wife, <laughs> uh, and 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 I want you to address it. It's not just you. But you also you also think about how I present myself.
0: I've had people at every church we've ever been at ask me why I let you wear certain things, or, or like <laughs> that bad? No. Or did I do X? You know, did I pick out this stuff? Because I I, I assume I, I don't know that this is like I think back of you know 1950s and 60s pastors' wives did she pick out his shirt and tie? Like, has it been something that has always been around? Like. They assume I pick out your outfit, and they assume that I tell you your hairstyle. And so, a lot of times, I've had people come up and say, um, "You did a good job today," or with with that, you know, belt and shoe combo. And I'm like, "What?"
1: Now, I, I will tell you this: this is something I don't like. I just don't. I don't think about mm-hmm. on a grand scale. I want to feel comfortable in my clothes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you try to push me fashion wise mm-hmm. in yep. areas I'm not very comfortable.
0: Well, and you have friends that are not kind to you that make I fun of I do have you. friends
1: that make fun of me, um, but but uh, they, they won't go named. Because they wear camouflage. But that, Hey, now, I was just going to say they, they'll go unnamed, but their initials are JoJo Griffith. But regardless of that, JoJo today wore a T-shirt that said, I'm, Yes, I'm always this cool today to church. That and, was what he wore. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um I was doing... Because I never think about that. I never think about the fact that people look at me and go, his shirt is wrinkled today. Mm. Or I can't believe he would wear those shoes with that pant, right? Mm-hmm. And so th- th- a few weeks ago, I was doing premarital counseling with a couple, and it was the last session, and, uh, and we got to, to uh, uh, love languages, mm-hmm. and we were talking about uh, your love language is acts of service. Right. And so for years, you would get up and you'd like, iron my shirt. And I was just like, thanks. You know, you're like, see how much I love you, and I'm like, no, yeah, I quit doing that. Uh, no. Yeah, and so anyway, so I'm talking to them about this, and, and I use us as an example in our premier counseling, and she says to me, uh, "Yes, I, I know, I can tell when Jody picks out your clothes for church, and when you do it." Oh my God! See, I told you, and I pushed back from the table. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And and her fiance was was kind of oblivious to it. He was like, what? And and she was like, oh yeah. And and the, the conversation went on for a little while. <laughs> and and I was just like I had no idea people were paying attention. Yes, they do. You are oh, on my the cameras, and so now I don't even. Now it's not just like I need to listen to what other pastors are saying, and <laughs> and I need to I need to you know like to read what other pastors are writing. Like now I need to watch what they're wearing. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Okay, now uh, now there's
0: some don't take notes on it. I'm like, and so like when I get up
1: on a Sunday, and this is a comparison (laughs) issue. When I get up on a Sunday, and and my shirt is wrinkled or something, or I'm I'm wearing something messed up. Like you, do you get embarrassed?
0: No, but I I I have to stop myself from wanting to figure out. Oh, you should have worn those shoes, or oh, those pants don't go with that. Or
1: I have to stop myself. I I'm I'm. I'm as flabbergasted as I can be. <laughs> I See,
0: no
1: I idea. have a disease. <laughs> no, no 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 no. It's uh, apparently the problem is me. No, nope,
0: nope. Am I, I be that right.
1: bad people? I need you no. to email me at Jerry no, at Like, oh my goodness. You are
0: very traditional.
1: Well, okay, and that's bad. <laughs>
0: no, it's not bad.
1: Okay, today I wore red shoes.
0: I know. I was excited was and proud bad? of you. Nope, that was good. It was good power play. Okay. I'm guessing someone with the initials DB said something
1: about your shoes, though. I don't know who, you, who you're talking about, but no, I only got one comment on the shoes, and they said they loved them.
0: Oh, I love it. Uh, Thank you, whoever.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I've gotten, I need you to know, you need to be like, I've gotten more compliments on my hair.
0: Yeah. Because
1: uh, th- you're using product. Someone today said, someone said today, don't ever cut your hair again. It, it looks better long. And I really? That's kind of like one of those backhanded compliments. You, you know, backhanded compliments. <laughs> like when <laughs> I had a lady come up to me at church one time. Uh, we lived in Alabama. She came up to me and she said, I just want you to know, you're a much better preacher now than you were when you first got here. <laughs> I and, I was, and I was like. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Came out the first time, you're like, in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. So, um, so back to this. Like, are you aware as more, do you think, as a pastor's wife that people Absolutely. watch you? Tell me about that. What's that like? Like, right
0: now with my messy bun? Yeah. That is a failure on a Sunday morning.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: No. I am adorable. most comfortable with this hairdo, but I also know that people see it as a, yep, she got up like didn't have time to do her hair.
1: Really? Oh,
0: yeah. Absolutely.
1: And do you feel people watching you when you walk in like, I can't believe she's wearing Mm
0: -hmm. that? Oh, I... I, Yes. Yes. Very aware that what I'm wearing is being
1: evaluated. So, like, when you, as a pastor's wife, you look at other people, do you like, okay, I need to look like the, the purple-haired lady from TBN, or like she's Tammy fabulous. Tammy Faye? Like, what, what do um, I need to look like? I think like? I'm not going
0: to go that far on the eye makeup. I just do not have that skill. Um, but no, I am I just need to look... Per- do you compare yourself to other pastor's wives? Um, hmm. I compare myself to other women church leaders. Okay. I don't know that I would pull up Sandra Stanley and compare, but I, she's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: maybe, yeah. I mean...
1: Yeah, but you don't, like, follow her or women. Sandra,
0: no. uh, I probably should. She's fantastic. Um, um, There's some that I notice. You know, there's a lot of, like... um, there's a couple of wives out there. I'm just not going to throw names because I don't. I don't know that that's sure, the right yeah. thing to do. But who are still very committed to fitness and um, health, and they're older than me, and they don't look older than me. Oh. So I'm very aware that I need to take better care of my skin and my body, so that because whether I like it or not, you're going to be in a profession where people are going to glance at me um, when you make comments about me in a sermon. All my life. So I can either be the cute little lady with white hair and wrinkles, or I can try my best to not have to have Botox. There you go. Or I'm going to get
1: Botox. Who knows? Wow. Um, I, I was actually speaking with um, uh, a friend of ours who is in the ministry. She's a woman and, and she's in the ministry um, mm-hmm. out in, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was a part of our singles ministry at Wedgwood Baptist. And, then, and now she is doing her own thing. It's just like rocking it out um, as the leader of, of small groups at this church. And I was talking to her about the pressures that, that fall on female uh ministers uh, yes. in the church and female staff people and what that's kind of like it's a whole nother level and, and I had no idea, Jody. She she talked to me, she's like, Listen, Jeremy, if you if you have an outfit that you wear on the first Sunday of the month and then you turn around and you wear the same button down shirt on the last Sunday of the month, no one notices. Correct. But if I wear the same outfit I notice,
0: but that's but if I'm I, weird.
1: But if I wear the same outfit twice in a month um, people not only notice, they'll tell me about
0: it. Yes. Amen. Yes.
1: And you, you can go and change your hairstyle, and most of the time, no one's going to say anything.
0: True story. B- prior to this state that we live in, this is a confession, I would document what I wore so
1: that I wouldn't repeat. You're kidding me.
0: Nope. I wrote it down
1: do you, so I wouldn't repeat it. I've gone back and I've, listen, I've gone back because I thought I might have worn a shirt last Sunday. And I've gone back and looked at the, the YouTube videos to make sure that I wasn't wearing that shirt. Yep.
0: I tried to make myself not do it here. but You I'm very,
1: wrote it down. Mm-hmm, yep. The pressure is that big. Yes. Of comparison. Now, go ahead.
0: Now, I had this crazy girl I went to high school with that they were very um, affluent and she never wore the same outfit the entire year. The year. No. 365. Nope. So when she wore it once, it was done. Yeah, we're, we're never no. going to do that. No, but like I don't like to wear the same combo. I may wear the same sweater, but I might wear the same pants.
1: That blows my mind. So, <laughs> blows my mind? I don't think that's good. Maybe it is. I don't know. I, whatever. If you
0: have a good capsule wardrobe? You have like 10 outfits.
1: A good what? Capsule wardrobe. What is a capsule wardrobe? I'm learning Jeremy. so much. What? How do you not know what a capsule wardrobe is? I know what a capsule is. You put medicine in it, you take it.
0: Yes, your capsule wardrobe is something that is versatile, but it doesn't have a lot. So you have a good pair of pants, usually a good pair of jeans. You have a good fashionable top. You have a cardigan that goes with it. Maybe another jacket, two different pairs of shoes, and a skirt. And then you interchange all those pieces and wear it. You have several different
1: outfits. You know what the man version of that is? We have we have two suits. You have a dark gray suit and a light gray suit. And you can wear dark top and light pants, light top and dark pants, mm. or all dark and all. You have four suits. <laughs> is that the same kind of thing? Um, well, ours is a little more versatile. Yeah. No, that's terrible. I'm yeah. so thankful I don't have to wear suits. Yeah. Um, well, Th- Teddy Roosevelt said that um, comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. And, um, and do you, what do you think? Is Teddy right?
0: Absolutely, but I'm a big fan of Teddy anyway. Yeah, um, I
1: mean, he was a stud, man. The more
0: time I spend even beginning to look into what someone else is doing, the less time I'm enjoying the life that is before me.
1: Oh, yeah. So um, he's right in every bit of that. Yeah, I think um, uh, it was Elizabeth Hasselbeck in the Annie F. Downs podcast made the statement about, she was talking about transitions, and she was talking about, Entering into and living in transitions with your eyes open, mm-hmm. and I think what comparison does is, it t- just like what you're saying, it takes our eyes off of what we're experiencing in the moment, yeah. where we are, right. and, it, and it, it points us in into another direction that that ultimately is going to make us feel bad about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring depression and anxiety and worry and frustration and all of these kind of negative emotions because we want. What, what we can't have right um, and, and and again this is not like an, saying you shouldn't have ambition you shouldn't strive you shouldn't make goals of course that those are good things but but when it robs you of the joy of the moment right like I was thinking about that this you know this this last week um, I, I spent the first half of the week and we'll talk about kind of Sabbath in, in, a, in an upcoming uh, talk but I spent the first half of the week kind of doing some work. Um, and uh, kind of taking a little Sabbath over in the mountains, and and I was um, so I had you know I was preparing for a revival that I'm going to be doing, and uh, writing some sermons uh, for the current series we're in, and preparing for Easter, and just spending some time with God. And my plan was, uh, you know, to continue and and to kind of do some more. When Abby got to me, like I thought we'd go to the day, we'd do some hikes, and then at night we'd come in, and and she would. You know, pull up her computer and watch YouTube videos, or whatever. And I would do some work. And um, what I found was that uh, there were things that that were good. They just distracted me, mm-hmm. um, and that ambition that I had to get ahead or to work hard or whatever. Like that that took my eyes off of the the joy that we were having in that moment. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm just gonna we're just gonna put it away, and and we're just gonna. We're just gonna go until she can't go anymore and wants to go back home and go to bed. And 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 those are the things I think comparison does sometimes if we're not careful. It can turn from striving and ambition and can turn into something that robs us of of you those moments. Miss it. Yeah. I miss it. And man, I'm I'm just as guilty. Mm-hmm. How many times have I looked at uh, rock star pastor that and gone, man, I, I my church isn't as big as his, my church isn't as cool as his, my church doesn't have you know all of the resources that his have, and and woe is me, and woe is me, and woe is me. And in the moment, miss out on the opportunity to minister where God's put me, yes, you know, um, and be ever
0: grateful for where we are, yeah. yeah. I think that's you know, I think that's a constant mom issue of career and mom, and 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 you know, and um. And I think I've just really been praying through that a lot lately. Of, um, for instance, um, I have four years left with Emma Powell.
1: Oh, I know.
0: And and uh, so that makes every decision I make right now a little bit different. Yeah. Um. There's a there's an aspiration to. You know, better myself, expand my, you know, career goals and lots of different side hustles that I, I, I see as, ooh, this is a chance, but um I don't want to miss another moment yeah. because I'm um, you know, oh, it'll only take this long to add this to your, you know, certificate or get this degree right. and well I can do that when I don't have That's right. them here anymore.
1: Uh, for me it's I don't want to miss another moment scrolling through, you know, somebody else's highlight reel on Instagram.
0: Right. When I could be laughing with them in America's funny Videos. that's right
1: I I you know uh, and even I, I even think about that you know when we have time for just me and you um you know sitting down we're, we're sitting down even we're watching a TV show the commercials come on and and I just instinctively and I think you probably do too we just instinctively reach for our phones hmm. um, and uh and good grief it's 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 a struggle and it's a battle um because again social media isn't bad the internet is't bad it just it just exaggerates what we would normally right. do what's already kind of wired into us right. so what what do you do Jody? what what do you do to battle comparison
0: um every once in a while like during Lent last year um I, I'll shut it down like I'll shut down social media and this year my my Lent it was excess like I, I'm not gonna buy it unless I need it I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna spend time on social media unless I need to publish something or stuff like that and i I've, I've I've tripped, so you say, yeah. stumbled a few times, but um, yeah. I think that's one thing I have to do is, I, if I'm, if I'm struggling with comparison, is I have to stop and recognize um, what have I stumbled into that's put me here, yeah. so that I'm actually doing that. So, and I need to backpedal out. Like, yeah. if I if I see um, a coworker that has new shoes, that I'm like. I need some new shoes. And then I need to go open my closet door and go, no, you don't. You yeah. don't need anything. Right. Um, and God is faithful and God yeah. is good. So that's something I have to do is like remind myself of what I have. And sometimes I even think about, you know, God has faithfully allowed us to visit other countries. Yeah. And that is when I'm like, no, you don't need. Yeah. Nor should you want. Yeah. Because they don't want.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So why do you?
1: Yeah. For me, I think it, it, there's been a couple things that I've, I've tried to do when it, when it comes to career things that I compare to. The first thing, and, and this is going to be maybe a little bit controversial, but there are certain groups of pastors that I just don't spend a lot of time around and um and and for me it just it, i love them and i want really good things for them but the conversations always lean towards and it may be my fault i'm not even putting it on them like but when i get around these pastors the conversations tend to lean towards mm-hmm. who's got more programming and who's bigger and and who's better and who's got it going on and let me tell you about the greatest thing i've got going on at my church and it's not a let me help you build up what god's doing at your church it's a hey i want to and and i just I, for me, I, I would always leave those meetings discouraged and frustrated, and and kind of beat down and joyless, mm-hmm. and and so I just I just kind of said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna totally disconnect, but I'm gonna really kind of kind of steward my time yeah. around those guys.
0: I think it goes back to the title of your sermon series you did, and I, I've even done this with several emails. Like every time you buy something somewhere, you get stuck on their email list, yeah. and I unsubscribe. I'm yeah. like, no, I don't need. A new North Face jacket. I got right. One. Um, yeah. no, don't send me those yeah. emails anymore, because then yeah. I'll think I need, you know, yeah. the cute boots that go with it and yeah. stuff. So um. and
1: and and our town is filled with great pastors. I'm not in any way trying to to disparage anybody, but there are other pastors that when I get around them, like like they are more interested in investing in me mm-hmm. rather than trying to figure out what I'm doing or tell me about what they're doing. Like they see you as you. That yeah, and and those are the guys that I go. Okay, they can help me focus on. Right. The other thing is is I've I've had to kind of pause and I've never written it down physically, but pause and 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 like think through all the positive things that God is doing through our ministry at the place where we are.
0: That's it's so big.
1: Um. And and kind of pause and go like a, a couple Sundays ago, we had a baptism Sunday. And, um, and we baptized five people, and um, we had like two or three more that, that you know, were in the hopper that, that were you know, just waiting to go to the—that's what we call it—ready to come you know, the next time to get baptized. And um, we have a huge attendance and uh, you know, great things. To, I mean, it's just really some really cool things that were going on. And, and yet, you know, it's a Facebook post or it's an Instagram post that I see when I'm leaving church um, of some other church that had something even better that happened, and I immediately kind of go, ah, oh, and I get down, and I'd actually, I'd actually stop on Sunday afternoon and go, dude, like why are you, why are you allowing that comparison to steal your joy? Look at what God is doing yeah. right where you are, right. Um, we gave out, you know, fourteen thousand eggs to be stuffed at our church in one Sunday. Like, it's oh, remarkable that's uh, for me to think about, yes. um, and uh, and that's a big deal. And so I have to kind of remind myself, like you said, you know, you, for you it's opening the closet door and seeing what I've been blessed with. For me, it's it's kind of doing an, a mental inventory and going, look at what God's doing. Yeah, look at the, look at the growth in the life of these people. Look at the new folks that are showing up. Look look at the people that are saying, I want. My life to be changed with the gospel, you know. Can yes. you can you tell me about Jesus? Yes, yes. Like those are the things that uh, that we have to kind of focus on, um, and then and then limiting, you know, kind of unsubscribing from some of that excessive social media use, unsubscribing from people that constantly want to compare. Those are things that are all yes. kind of important. Now, Jody, I'd like to know what is remarkable to you.
0: Oh, what? Okay, so as you said in the beginning of the podcast, I got to go this past week and spend um, some time in New York City. I've never been. Uh So, yes, I'm as old as I am, and I've never been. And I know that lots of people have been. But my favorite thing and most remarkable thing there was not all the flashing lights of Times Square, but um, the solemn and... um, Memorable um, emotion of Ellis Island. Um, It.
1: Now, you're a history person. You have to tell us what Ellis Island is. Okay. Reader's Digest version.
0: So, Ellis Island was the primary um, checkpoint for immigrants coming in from um, mostly from Europe um, in the turn of the century. So, late 1800s, early 1900s. It closed in 1954. But any person coming into the United States came through that checkpoint. Um, in order to come into the country, you had to have um, a proper documentation. You had to pass a medical screening. You had to pass um, somewhat of an educational exam. There were lots of mind puzzles and like tangrams and stuff like, like that. Vocational
1: because, aptitude. Kind yeah,
0: of stuff. which was kind of crazy to think about considering all the language barriers that they were having to do. So a lot of it was um, tactile um, learning, tangrams and, and span
1: actually, language.
0: <laughs> well, they had a tangram puzzle that was actually one of the ones they used and for us to do so they lots of they had it set out for people to do and it was kind of neat um you also had to if you had any kind of particular skill like welding or carpentry or something like that they um knew you, you had to demonstrate it so that they could figure out where to ship you um and from ellis island if you pass all those tests, um, they would either put you release you out into um, New York or they had another um, ferry that would go to a train station and would ship to places like St. Louis and Chicago and Dallas and New Orleans and just all across the United States, where there were jobs and things wow. waiting for people and so it was amazing um, and i We pulled in on a ferry and I got real emotional because i got I put myself in the place of someone. Mm-hmm pulling in for the first time and you could see Lady Liberty to your left and you could see the building to your right and it was just that idea of they'd made that long haul because most of the people coming into Ellis Island were not wealthy they had what they had and that was it and and so they had been on this boat for weeks and there it is they'd made it um, and so, yes, they had to go through an enormous battery of tests, but they'd made it. And I, I, got, I, got, I cried. I, got, I was like, this has got to be the most amazing feeling because they'd, they, they'd heard about this hope in this new world and the starting over um, with their family and, and seeking to find um, respite. And, and they made it. Wow. So... Yeah. That was that was my what That was remarkable and um, I've searched the wall of, of um, people that had come in to try to find a name that connected with our family, so we'll have to do some research to see if any of the ones I found are actually yeah. ours. I know my, my ancestors did, but she came in with a husband and he passed away and her name was Dolly Anderson. so I never found her. you know often in that era you weren't listed as a female. It was the man. And then, you know, his family was not listed, so I'm not sure. I don't know his name, so I need to find that out.
1: Um, So, go ahead and tell me who who is remarkable.
0: Okay. Also, while in New York, we got to I got to see my first Broadway show on Broadway. I've seen several in other locations, but I got to see Wicked. And the girl who played Elphaba, her name was what's
1: her? What's she played? Who
0: Elphaba? That's the Wicked Witch, but her name is Elphaba.
1: Okay. You guys. No, I I just I believe you. Like I, I. does it stand for something? Is it like an acronym? Like no. who comes up with Alphaba?
0: I don't know. It's
1: like some, you know, Alphaba. Yeah, it's it, it's like um, it's like some kind of J.R. Tolkien names <laughs> that he comes. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So. Her
0: name is Jessica Vosk, and she Jess. was fantastic. Yeah, some fantastic. She had some pipes on her, and she um, she just carried that role so well. I fell in love with Alphaba. So.
1: Very cool. Well,
0: you're not supposed to love The Wicked Witch, but you did when you left yeah.
1: I mean, well, I guess the play is called Wicked, so it's about her, right? Yes. Okay. All right.
0: Okay, Jeremy, what is your remarkable for this week?
1: So last week I got to go uh, out to the Smoky Mountains, and um, the Tennessee Baptist Convention operates two retreat centers, Mm-hmm. And one of them is in West Tennessee where we are. And and the one that I went to is in East Tennessee over in the mountains in a small town uh, called Newport. And it is called the Carson Springs Retreat Center. And um, they offer a really reduced rate for Tennessee pastors to go. Um, it's next to nothing. And they have hotel rooms that you can stay in. And uh, and, uh, and and it, it was really quite remarkable. Um They were the nicest people. Anything you needed, they you know. um, They obviously it's they're not. It's not going to be a a super you know nice. uh, Let me back up. It's not going to be like one of those where you get pampered. It's not a hotel where like you know there's a robe in the you know in 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 the closet or whatever. But like. Um,
0: but there's clean linens and a bar of soap.
1: Clean linens and a bar of soap and, and a nice bed to sleep in. An amazing view. They're about 30 miles from Gatlinburg. They're about 50 miles or so from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and they just really do an amazing job over there. And so um, if you're looking for a place to go, um, it was about 35 bucks a night uh, for nice. me as a pastor. And my family can go. If you're on staff at a church um, in, in Tennessee, a Tennessee Baptist church, you can participate in that. Just give them a call. The other one is Linden Valley, which is um, down on the Buffalo River, mm-hmm. um, south of I forty here in West Tennessee. And um, I haven't been there, but I hear it's it's quite nice. It's near Linden yes. as well. So yeah. um, that's my that's my what is remarkable.
0: And then, therefore, who is your
1: remarkable? So today is Sunday, uh, the seventh yes. of April. Yes. And yesterday, I experienced heartbreak. It was. Because my Auburn Tigers, who made an incredible run in the 2019 NCAA tournament, won like 13 straight games, lost, were, had it robbed, had the game robbed <laughs> by by referees. I, who, I normally would say you're overreacting, but you might be true. They listen. They they uh, the refs are human beings. They're allowed to make a mistake. I, I'm not angry. That at double triple call though. They missed that one. Yeah, no, they did, and. Um, I'm, I'm having to relive it. I, I told some folks today at church that it was it was reminiscent of the time Christian Leitner <laughs> hit the shot. It wasn't that bad. The same emotion I felt in my heart. Um, only, only, oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, all right, I'm, I'm reliving it. I have, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. I, I've been triggered. Um, so <laughs> uh, back to who is remarkable. Alridge head coach is Bruce Pearl, and. Uh and 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 listen, I've seen some good coaches, you know, uh as a Kentucky fan, like grew up in Kentucky, you have to choose Kentucky or Louisville. I I followed Kentucky growing up. Um, you know, from Rick Patino, uh, you know, John Calipari, like I even thought Toby Smith was a good coach. Um you you see you see these guys that coach, they're so good. Bruce uh has a way of connecting with his players that is just amazing. And um and and he just like he flat he and Calipari coaching against each other in the Kentucky game, it was it was just remarkable. There were two like heavyweight coaches just going at it. Yes, and and Bruce just 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 won that. Like I, I feel like he just willed them to win that Kentucky game. But well, he had a little bit of a benefit when he rolled oh, Kiki out. out yeah. yeah. So, but 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 Bruce um uh just what i loved about this run in the tournament is auburn played the fastest team in 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 the country in north carolina and they played fast with them and ran them out of the gym and then last night they played against the slowest team in the country in virginia mm. um and they played with them um and and really had the game won um until just some unfortunate events Uh, If you're an Auburn fan, they're unfortunate. If you're a Virginia fan, they're very fortunate. But um, Bruce, a great coaching job. He's my who is remarkable. There you go. For today. Well, (laughs) Well, that's all for us tonight. That's I think right. we need to, to throw our hands up. If you want to reach us, you can find us all over the place. You can email us. That's the easiest way. If you want us to talk about something or if you want us to um, not talk about something or stop <laughs> sniffing on the air or whatever it is, um, you can email us at uh, I'm jeremy at crosswindchurch.net. jap 2 P two
0: zero at gmail.com.
1: You can find us on Facebook at jeremy.powell.1800 or jody.powell.5. And you can find us on Instagram at Powell Jeremy or... J-G-A-P-O-W-E-L-L. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and give us some ratings, some stars, and we will do our best to not compare the number (laughs) of ratings that we have to other podcasts. Keep Keep sharing, sharing, uh, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.